in my soul, in my heart, everything seemed to just get very quiet. And Jesus spoke to me and he said, choose this day whom you will serve. And I thought, whoa, wait a minute. You see, I've been serving God and man. I've been dancing on Saturday night and going to church on Sunday morning. You know what I mean? And I and it was time for me not to stop that. Who who are you going to serve, lady? You know, that's where all of this started. From then forward, there was nothing in my life but the focus to get Jesus back in the first place. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Merry Christmas season, Altered Story Show listeners. This is Michelle Saunders Gutch, your Chief Storyteller host. And welcome to the Altered Stories Show, Episode 70, Sandy's My Come to Jesus Meeting, God's Story. Thank you, friends, for listening to the show. My show continues to grow because of you. I hope you are enjoying the God stories being shared and my latest episode release, Jesus is the Reason for the Season. Also, friends, if you have found that one of the stories shared has made a difference in your faith journey and transformed your life, I'd love to hear from you. I would also love to hear from you with any feedback you have on the show. So do subscribe and leave any feedback. Friends, I also want to share that you can listen to the podcast now on the Altered Story Show Facebook group page. That is so cool. There is some other exciting news that I can't wait to share with you in my next episode about the podcast, too. Now, friends, it's time to get this show started. I'm excited to bring to the mic today, as my last guest of 2021, the multi-talented Altered Stories Ministry Board Vice President, friend of over 25 years, Christian wife, mama, Mima, and dog mama from Texas. And her name is Sandy Williams. You probably heard her also host the Mima Moment show. So let's welcome her and good morning, Sandy. Welcome. And how are you doing today? Good morning, Michelle. We're doing well here in Texas today. It's warming right up. It's we'll still warm there. Tomorrow. <laughs> you know, we have had a wonderful winter Crazy. start, right? Right. And it's not just us, like here in Kansas or you in Texas. It seems to be all over everyone is experiencing some pretty warm temperatures. Absolutely. And we do want to stop and say a special prayer for those people in Kentucky and in the Midwest that got hit by tornadoes this week. That is a, that is on my heart this week because 
we're from Texas and tornadoes are a part of our lives here, but this one was exceptionally bad. And I would like to say, you know, raise those people up and let them know that somebody's praying for them. Well, I love that. Do you want to do that now? You want to go ahead and lead us in prayer for those people? Absolutely. Would love to. Our dear, gracious Heavenly Father, we ask you, Father, to put your hands around those people and give them peace and comfort. We know that you're with them in their time of need. And we pray, Father God, for the donations to come in to help those people with their food and water and supplies to rebuild their homes and rebuild their lives. We just ask, Father God, for for you to be with each and every individual and with our coordinators, disaster coordinators, our emergency personnel, and all of the people that need to get in there and get those people back to their lives. We, We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Fanny. That's why I love you as my friend, too. They're always thinking of others in times of need. So I think that's wonderful. And, you know, I've been kind of keeping up on that, have had a few friends living in some of those states. And thank the Lord, none of them have had anything disastrous happen. But I know there are many. So... Samaritan's Purse. You and I both live in Tornado Alley, so we know how that feels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for uh, that prayer, Sandy. I think our listeners will appreciate it, too. You know, Sandy, you've served on our board from the inception of Altered Stories Ministry. You've been faithful. You've been right by my side through the building of Altered Stories Ministry. I couldn't think of anyone else. I'd rather build a ministry with and especially a ministry like this so you are like me all about stories you love stories and hearing god glorified through those stories so i would love you to share with the listeners today and have them all over the world right 40 countries it's so exciting why do you think sharing your story is so important I think I came from a long line of storytellers and some of them, you know, when you're from Texas, you have tall tales and some of them are believable. (laughs) Some of them, not so much. Telling your story helps people understand that they're not alone, that they're not out there and they're not the only ones that feel the way they feel. And it's okay to feel the way you feel. And it's okay to go ahead and get help and get healed. And that's what we're all about at Altered Stories Ministry is getting those stories out there so women can heal. I think it's a blessing to be able to sit down and release some of what you have inside of you to share the good parts about how you've come through something that may have not been so good. Maybe you went through something really bad, but it came out really well. And I think people need to know that. I think the other side of the story is that we can come through those times and we can come through better than ever with God's help and God produces some miraculous ways to come through some of these times. And I love to hear those stories. Yes, I do too. And, you know, it's so faith building, you know, from it's just so faith building. And I think that's why the Lord um, really smiles when we give him glory through our stories, because it is his story, his glory, right? For a long time, known bits and pieces of your story. You have a lot of God's stories 
you've been through a lot of different situations. But today, we're going to focus on your God story and how it began. And so we've called this the come to Jesus meeting story, right? So I would love for you to share with our listeners today where your come to Jesus meeting God story began. Well, Michelle, I have so many stories and I thought about this for a long time before I sat down to say, how did, how did I really get where I am? You know, because at, at 64 years of age, you see God come through your life many times and, and then he, you get all worried and, and knotted up and how am I going to do this? And it, what is God going to say about this? And how am I going to do this? And then he says, be still and know that I am God. It is not all about you, child. You know, when you live where I lived, you have to kind of get a cultural background here to get an idea of how I got from where I started to where I am. Because in Texas, I was raised a Southern Baptist. You know, and Southern Baptist is pretty strict raising. And so Jesus is just a part of your life. It's just the norm around here for Jesus to be in your life and for him to be first in your life. You kind of get to the point where you take that for granted, especially when you begin to get older and you get in college and you get to seeing, hey, you know what? This is not the only religion on the planet and this is not the only culture on the planet. And and you just, you know, and it always fascinated me uh, that God was so diverse. I love the diversity on this planet. He is such an engineer. It just fascinates me completely. But my culture said, you just go to church every Sunday. But then the other part of this Texas raising said, well, you might dance all night Saturday night. When I was nine, I loved Jesus and I wanted to be a part of that. And I I ran to the altar at, at altar call and I gave my life to Jesus very, very young. And I thought that was all there was to it. I mean, that was just I'm a part of the deal now. You know, I'm in. Right. Then comes the rest of the work, people. There is work, there is things left to be done. And and it just kind of makes you go, wait. So you go along your life and you get married and you have kids and you take them to church and you even teach Sunday school. Right. And you get job opportunities out of state and you're growing and you're surviving, you're living your life. and I came from a long line of poor people, so it was survival mode for us for a long time. And I thought that was normal. And I thought that just going dancing on Saturday night and going to church on Sunday morning was normal. And then we got to working out of state and Jimmy got a big job and they called me one morning. We were living in Utah. I had had a hysterectomy three weeks earlier. So I don't know if some of you ladies out there might understand I'd been on the right hormone for about three days mm-hmm. because I mean, that is a crazy time in your life. If you go through precancerous tumors and they remove them and you're good to go. And then it takes weeks to get lined out after a surgery like that. So I'd been out in the hospital about three weeks and they, I got a phone call that said, your husband has been in a car accident in Minnesota. Now, remember, I'm in Utah, 
-hmm. and all of our family back in Texas. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, I don't know if he's going to make it. We don't know if he's going to make it 12 to 24 hours. You need to get on a plane and you need to get here. Okay, so I'm a crazy woman trying to get out of my house and get to Minnesota. I call my sister. She's in Colorado. She meets me. She beats me to Minnesota. And she is there to meet me when I step off the plane. My mother, in the meantime, drove nine to ten hours from Texas to Utah to take care of my girls while I go take care of their daddy. In the same phone call, we find out that there were six men in the car and two of them died. Well, one of them was Jimmy's brother. And so we went through this whole deal about notifying family and next of kin. And I told the doctor, I said, you need to make real sure who was in that car because I know those boilermakers. They switch up places in the car all the time. But six of them, surely it wasn't Tommy. Surely it wasn't. And it was. They confirmed that he, 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 he passed away uh, en route to the hospital. And Jimmy was laid up for months. And in two surgeries. And I was <laughs> trying to take care of all of that. And Jimmy's sister flew in from Texas to help me take care of the stuff at the hospital and the, the insurance and the, all of the things that went along with being involved in a six person car wreck. They got hit head on at daybreak. They worked all night and got hit head on at daybreak that morning, leaving the job. And I and see this speaking back to culturally for a minute. I have to take a break at the hospital, right? And I'm still smoking, so I go take a cigarette break, and I'm sitting on the curb and I'm praying, and I say, God, please let Jimmy live and let let you know. I, I mean, I didn't even know what to do with the fact that Tommy passed. And everything stopped in the parking lot. I'm sitting on the curb and I hear just as plain as day in my soul, in my heart, everything seemed to just get very quiet. And Jesus spoke to me and he said, choose this day whom you will serve. And I thought, whoa. Wait a minute. You see, I've been serving God and man. I've been dancing on Saturday night and going to church on Sunday morning. You know what I mean? And I and it was time for me not to stop that. Who who are you going to serve, lady? You know, that's where all of this started. From then forward, there was nothing in my life but the focus to get Jesus back into first place. And it it's like my parents divorced when I was 14 and Jimmy and I married very young. And this was 15 years later. We'd been married 15 years when this happened. And God spoke to me very plainly, very clearly. You can't be on both sides of this fence. And I thought, okay. Well, I only want to be on one side anyway, but boy, I sure did enjoy dancing, you know, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that that's kind of my that's kind of my come to Jesus meeting. Mm-hmm. And I mean it was it was really me and him in the parking lot. Yeah. And our lives changed forever after that wreck, not just because of the terrible loss of life and the loss of Jimmy's health, but because of the relationships that I formed with God and others after that. There's a tremendous amount of life to live after a tragedy like that. And the only way I know to do that is with God in his heaven. Yeah. So after shock and trauma, and then we went back to being in survival mode because Jimmy was laid up. And when Jimmy doesn't work, we don't get paid. And we were both working for the same company in Utah. And we got laid off in February after the wreck happened in September. And we left most of everything we had in Utah. And we put the rest in a storage truck and came back to Texas. And it was like, I don't know. I don't even know. Sometimes uh, you don't even know how you got from A to B. You just lived. You just survived. And then you understand that God was carrying you that whole time. Because you you have such a loss and such a <laughs> you're in such shock that you don't even know what your name is sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that's I mean that's the way we were raised. You raised. I spent my, most of my life in survival mode, and there's more to it than that. Yes. The pain and the tragedy will eventually catch up with. You don't mature. Age is not the only thing that matures you. Experience and then this life matures you. And I think I thought I thought when I was 16 and 17, I thought I was mature and I thought I knew it all. Right. Yes. Yeah. I can do this. Right. And with God, you can do anything. Absolutely right. But you have to know who you're serving. And you have to know what the line is. And it's not normal just to get up and go to church every day. That may be normal in your life, but when you have a come to Jesus meeting, then you realize who is your father in heaven and what your life really means. Because every one of us is put here for a purpose, his purpose. And when you get to, when you get around to taking your eyes off of yourself, and what you think you're supposed to do, I'm, I'm supposed to get through school and I'm supposed to get through college and then I'm supposed to get a good job and then I'm supposed to do da 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 da. Well, there is more to it than that. God put you here specifically for his purpose and his purpose only. And when you get to doing that, you get satisfied and happy and content, even in the middle of a mess. And that, I guess, would be what I have after all of that, I would have to say that that's probably the end of my story, but it's not. It's just the beginning. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful story and a breakthrough and a time of personal transformation through Jesus Christ, Sandy, because that's from what you've shared. When you put God on the throne and you total surrendered to him is when 
God began to start to work in your contentment and your marriage. I mean, I know when we were talking and we, you shared this story with me, parts of it a while back um, when we worked together um, prior to Altered Stories. And, you know, I know that you had mentioned that you didn't appreciate Jimmy. Right. The way that you appreciated him after God came through in your prayer for him. And I'm assuming that the Holy Spirit then came in and transformed some things in you as well Absolutely. as in Jimmy. And that yeah, that's, you that's too. Story. Absolutely. Because when you see how God uses your experiences in, in your rear view mirror, it's easier to be faithful and hopeful when you see trouble in the front windshield. And that's and, and part of what you're saying is absolutely true. You can you can be married and live with somebody and know, hey, I love this guy. And that's all that's all really good and, and true and, and it's real. But a really deep relationship comes from understanding that the vow was in sickness and in health and richer for poor. That makes a difference. And sometimes some of these kids, what I would like, what I would love to tell some of these young ones, when you go to get married, when you go to make a vow, when you tell somebody that you love them forever and ever, amen, it incorporates all kinds of other things. It incorporates getting up and having breakfast. It gets, you have to clean the house. You have to do the laundry. You have to, you know, take care of your business. But you have to love each other through things that you don't expect to happen. Jimmy was almost killed that day. And that's not the first time. And it hasn't been the last time either. Jimmy has fallen several times in our marriage. That's just the nature of his work. And you have to put yourself aside and say, what part of this do, do I care about? What part of this is really real for me? And the love that I have for that blue-eyed man, that is his heart. It's his soul. You know, it's the things that make him who he, he is. And it doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do after you get 70 years old. It doesn't have to do with what, how you look. It still has to do with that soul. So you kids that are going to go get married, look past all this front stuff and look at this person's soul and see that you can't live without them. Because it's hard to live with them sometimes. But you have to understand which one you can't live without. Yeah, well, and only the Holy Spirit, Sandy, the only the Holy Spirit can transform a person in that way to be able to love that way, because that's the way God loves us. Right. Absolutely right. And so I think the wisdom that you bring through what you're sharing is phenomenal. And whoever hears this is going to be blessed beyond blessed, because the secret truly to a God honoring marriage is just as you've shared, it's being able to glorify God in your marriage 
through how you love that spouse who's come into your life. I mean, and it is all about marriage is really, truly God ordained. And it's a covenant. It's a, I mean, and our, and our culture has really changed the perception and it's the enemy that's come in and has painted what God intended. And so for beauty, for blessing, all those things in a marriage and, you know, what you've shared today in terms of what you did and how you allowed God, you though were drawn into wanting to, you needed something and you gave God your heart, your right. full heart and your love for your husband. I've watched is phenomenal. I mean, look what you're dealing with and now some challenges, you know, there too. And we all have them. And so and we, all, and it, we all we all do. And that's one thing that this is if you take a look around, that's one of the things this has taught me. I'm not the only one in pain here. Jimmy and I are not exactly unique in our situation. There are people everywhere that have had accidents, that have had health issues, that have had, you know, things happen that are completely off the wall. That you don't expect when you you're bright eyed and and beautiful and young and strong and you're gonna you're gonna take on the world and you're gonna hit it and then you're gonna take it down and then life hits you and almost takes you down and and it hasn't happened to us but not one time but many times and you you begin to wonder what what <laughs> what are we after here but I really believe that God intends to use us. Because he doesn't allow things to happen to you for no purpose. And I know that all these things that we're going through can help somebody else, perhaps. And it really reminds me of, I guess, my favorite scripture, Psalms 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. I mean, at all times, people, all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my tears. And he will do that for anyone that asks him. Yes. And so I'm just curious when you had that transformational moment. And you completely gave God, you know, everything surrendered. And he, Jimmy came out of that accident and you two were able to move forward. And what did you find a different church or what did you do differently in terms of your spiritual growth at that point? Well, it's really kind of funny because, like I told you, I was raised a Southern Baptist, so that was pretty strict up to me. Jimmy was raised full gospel, and he introduced me to his church, and I was like, whoa, these people are crazy. They're kind of wild here. I mean, the first day in, I'm all dressed up in my absolute, you know, best Sunday clothes and my best pantyhose and 
like my grandmama taught me to go to church, you understand? Uh, yeah. I get it. I, I have a Southern aunt. <laughs> aunt. Fully full gospel church, and these people are having too much fun. And the preacher says, we're going to get down on our knees right here at this pew right now and have a prayer. And I went, I'm in my best pantyhose, you know. But it began to really fill my heart up. The Holy Spirit just filled my heart up. And he, you can worship God any way you want to here. Get after it, girl. And I thought, ooh, <laughs> I kind of like this. I kind of like it like this. So we did. We we started seeking out other churches. And I think just the fact that our attitudes changed towards life and living and, and, and the way you see the world coming at you from then on was completely different. I mean, Jimmy still went back to making. He still did what he did for a living. And I went back to school and finished my college degree. And we did well. You know, we were successful according to the world standards. And uh, still not doing too bad today, but I think that we've come a long way in a short period of time. I mean, we'll be married 46 years coming up in March. And Jimmy and I, I don't think that there would be anybody else that we could hardly live with anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, we are solid in there. I take care of him. He takes care of me. And even though he's been diagnosed with dementia, his first his first thought every day is, Take, take care of whatever I might need. No matter how sick he's been, he, his his focus has always been to take care of his family, his girls. And, and it, I guess that that's the part that that you love and that's the part that you don't ever want to change. It's such a blessing, Sandy, and it's so precious. You know, I know you're Jimmy. I have not had a chance to visit with him since I came to um, where you all live in Texas right. there in your home. But you know, I hear about him through you, and I was fortunate and blessed to be able to enjoy some time with you and your family when you all were living in Colorado, <laughs> and that was fun. <laughs> it was crazy fun, and Cammy and all of your family at that time, um, you didn't have any Meemaw. You weren't a Meemaw then, um, nope. but, uh, you know, it's really I love seeing the growth and I love seeing where, how God is taking you and what he's doing in your life. And, you know, I'd love to hear from you just anything else, you know, that you might want to share about, you know, a journey of struggle and just the whole Christian walk, any, anything else that you might want to share. You know, we've talked a little bit about being a Texan. I was raised up with a lot of pride in who we are. And where we came from. And I really believe that people like to know where they came from so they know where they're standing. You know, give your kids pride in who they are and where they came from. Well, that was a big deal in our bunch. And we didn't bow to nobody. You don't bow your knee to nobody. Right. But that's why my greatest pleasure. I love listening to this song and I listen to it often. How great thou art. Right. If you haven't listened to it by Carrie Underwood, please go do that. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim my God, how great thou art. 
that one that that one line is the reason why that's my favorite song because I bow to nobody, but I cannot hardly wait to bow in front of my Jesus and tell him what a great ride. Yes, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. And you've had a great ride. You're being a bull rider. Weren't you a bull rider or were you a barrel rider? No, I did some barrels and some poles and I did do some steer riding. Junior bulls and steers is what girls got to do back in the day. <laughs> I got to do rodeo. We didn't have any money to buy a horse, so I had to borrow a horse. Yeah. And then to get to rodeo at all, there was steer riding. They just started letting the girls do that. And is what my family was like, go go for it. You know, it took the whole family to come up with one entry fee. And you have to have your boots and your hat. You have to have a hat on in the arena. Well, it took the whole family to gather up the money to get to do that. But I did it. And I did it several times in high school. And I had a blast. I had a blast. I remember one time we were in Dumas and I got knocked off in the chute. When, when that happens, you get a re-ride. And the, it knocked me off and my hand got hung up in the rope and it, this junior bull was dragging me across the arena and tap dancing on my lower legs all the way through, right? And so when I finally got loose, the clown got me loose and I stood up and dusted myself off, and the announcer said, "The lady gets a re-ride. Does the lady want a re-ride?" And I was going, "Yes." And my mother was going, "No." <laughs> Crazy. She was climbing an eight-foot chain link fence over there, trying to get through to the arena to tell me no. And I said, "Yes, I'm going to do it again." <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was. I'll tell you, your stories around that are just a hoot. I love hearing them, and. Um, <laughs> I just had to throw that in for our listeners. <laughs> that was a long time yeah, ago. That's right. You're one tough lady. That's all I'm going to say. You are one <laughs> tough lady. And one tough lady for Jesus. I love Jesus. Yes, you do love Jesus. And I love that you've got that belief. We'll, well, we'll be able to hopefully share this picture of us communicating and chatting and all those things with your shirt but you yeah. know for those listeners that probably won't be able to see but I love that believe shirt and believe is what I'm holding on to and we all as Christians so that absolutely. just keeps us going in our faith and keeps us going through so it's very inspiring so well so Sandy you know this is like I shared, going to be the last guest podcast show for the 2021 year. And I know we've had quite a year in 2021, um, different than 2020, 2021. And right now, the big thing is people are trying to come up with just a word that they want to move forward with in 2022. I mean, I hear that right now with all the coaches, you know, your life coaches and other entrepreneurial coaches and people in business and all that. But, you know, even 
as we go before the Lord and we seek him and praise him for all the blessings. And then we anticipate Christmas coming of Jesus. And by the time this um, is heard, we'll be almost there. But I would love to hear from you if there's a word, one word of wisdom, gal, that you might want to, just a word that you might want to mm. share with our listeners. Is there one that, you know, kind of resonates with you? I don't know. Everybody wants to talk about faith and hope and all that fun stuff, you know. And I want, I, want, I, would, um, I would almost pick faith. But I have to pick love instead. Because I really believe that love makes the world go round. And I believe that God's love for us is what keeps us afloat. It gives us hope. But there's hope and faith and all that fun and joy. I, you know, joy. My mama told me one time, you were born to bring joy to people. I love that word. But I still believe that the whole world goes round and round on love. And it's not just the love between a man and a woman. It's, it's love for people. It's love for the planet. It's love for what God has created and what God allows and what God gives. If you love all of that, you're going to get through. You're going to make it. But you got to love each other. you got to love one another. Yes. You know, that's very important right now because we have a lot of, um, I think, people that don't feel love or mm -hmm. aren't feeling love or right. there's, I think, division in some parts of our world. Right. But we do serve a God that is a loving God who loves right. us, who has us back. You know, he knows each one of us personally. We're made in his image. And the love of God is greater far than any man, you know, um, could even understand. There's so many different scriptures on it. Love. There's so many different hymns. There's different, so many different songs. So, you know, I think that's a great word for our listeners to lean into for encouragement to really, really reflect on because right. of, you know, the need and our world and the need in our lives and, you know, the struggles that we have to go through. I mean, God doesn't leave our side, obviously. Right. He's there and we just have to remember that. And I think that your, you know, sharing today will hopefully remind many who need to hear, you know, that God is, you know, there. Come to Jesus. Meaning some, he just wants us to reach out. You know, we push him away sometimes. And right. so he just wants a relationship with us. And he wants That's us right. to lean into him for strength and right. encouragement. And, you know, through all, through all of our trials. And right. so is there um, any other closing words, Sandy, that you, for, for let's just, you know, let's say there's a couple, maybe many, who are having a hard time right now, you know, in their life because of a setback, health, financial, you know, a loved one who's passed away, struggle, relationship, maybe there's right. domestic violence going on, maybe people are just addicted to drugs they don't have anywhere to live 
they're just having a hard time um, just in their life because we have listeners from all walks all over, you know, maybe they're feeling desperate because of what's going on in their government, you know, just poverty, all of that. I mean, you come from that, but what closing words will do you have for those types of listeners today? I just would like for everybody to know there, there, there are people out there that, that love you. There are people that are praying for you, even though we don't know you. I don't know your circumstances. You're being prayed over. God sees you and he hears you. And there, I've heard this uh, many, many times. When you think that you're down and you're hurt and you're at your worst, you can't hardly go anywhere and do anything. You can't hardly get your eyes off of yourself because you're in so much pain. Stand up and turn around and look at somebody else. Go serve somebody else. God, serve, if you serve God and you serve your family or you serve others with purpose, you purpose to go out and serve those people for God. He didn't ask for perfection, but there is purpose, not perfection, just purpose. Just be purpose, purposeful about what you intend to do next. And I know I've I've talked to people in many of those same situations and, and it's hard. It is hard to turn it around. But God is right by your side. He is right there with you. All you have to do is reach up and take his hand and you don't have to impress anybody else. You don't have to do this any way that somebody else told you you have to do this. This is all. This is just for you. This is just you. Do it your way. You're unique. You're special, specially made, and specially loved. All over this planet, there is not anybody alive that doesn't have purpose. Okay. Well, those are very inspiring words and also words of great wisdom and hope. And, you know, I know that you lean into God for your life and all that you do, too. I know I do. We all are, you know, on a different path and different journeys. I just am blessed, Sandy, that you shared with our listeners today what you shared. And I hope that um, many will share this story uh, that you shared or just share the words that you shared with others or be inspired to pick up the Bible or go to church or, you know, to lean a little closer into their deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, because that's what it's truly all about and our intimacy with him and him being our father in heaven, because, you know, he is, he's our daddy. He's our papa. I mean, different ways that people see Jesus. And I really thank you for taking the time and can you share uh, how you can be reached? We're going to have this uh, friend on this recording and everything up on our episode page on our website that Sandy helps out with. And we'll have some pictures and things like that up there. And can you just share, uh, Sandy, how others can reach out to you if they need to? I have a, an email that anybody can e- email if they, if they need to. And that is life in God's grace. L-I-F-E. I N 
G-O-D-S-G-R-A-C-E, life in God's grace at gmail.com. Okay, great. And I appreciate that. And friends, I want to just again, thank you for listening to the show. And until the next show in 2022, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org.